Greetings and welcome to A Gentleman's Chat, episode 85, with your hosts Ian and Billy. And good news, we are almost the median age of a Floridian resident. Yeah. Do you believe that? Do we need a resident? Twenty more years? Yeah, I think so. I actually think if we add another twenty years onto onto this podcast or twenty episodes in this case, that we will be the average Florida resident. We'll be that old. I feel like mean is a little bit skewed because yes, it's going to be higher, but with all the Cubans coming over who are trying to escape that horrible place. Yeah, we'll actually be the that mode. Probably, yeah, right. Well, not, less the mean, more the not the median, but for sure the mode. Yeah. Do you remember any of those math things? Uh, which ones? Like, I'm just thinking about, you know, the Pythagorean theorem. We probably all know. Mean, median, yeah. mode, we've probably yeah. got. But, you know, uh, X is equal to the square root of, you know, some of those equations. Once you start getting into some of them, I like the quadratic formula. I don't know if I could give you the quadratic formula right now off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I know it's over over b plus or minus the square root of two times. You're getting close. Yeah, I was, I think I know. I had have to write it down for kay. sure. No, I want I want to hear what you got though. No, you, no, no. Give me the start of it because I might be able to finish it. It's like the opposite of b plus or minus the square root of two a. <sighs> See, this is where I fall apart. Over something. Everything's over two, but the, it, two there, a is not. T- is not final. It's 2a plus or minus, I, I forget which one, something. C, maybe? No. Ah, we're so close. Yeah. Quadratic formula. This is one of the great things about Google. Um, The quadratic equation. <laughs> Ax squared plus bx plus c equals zero. Nope, that ain't it. I want something different. Okay. Here we go. X is equal to the opposite of B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC all over 2A. Uh, oh, yeah. my. There we so go. Much, that's why I was drawing a blank. Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious when you read it. Exactly. I mean, it's very obvious. All the many times I've actually needed that formula. Right. I actually had to do linear inches the other day for a mathematic equation at school because I was trying to for, for filing cabinets, right? Yep. We're looking at getting a new filing system for all of our music. So I had to take, you know, we have X number of filing cabinets and they are X distance, you know, height, length, width, depth, all, all the things. And then I had to figure out linear inches. And I was like, how in the world does one get the linear inches again? And I remembered after Google, re- you know, re-reminded me that it's just adding the length, the width, and the depth together. Yeah. And that's linear inches. That's the most recent one I've used, though. I yeah, don't I use that many use of them. I really don't. Unless it's specifically an intellectual debate that requires math. I do not use them in day-to-day life. Yeah. I actually, I have a, a, in a discord that I'm in, which is just a bunch of random people that I happened into. Um, some of them are, um, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they work as a pharmacist, but far, pharmacology, farm. What's the field of and pharmacists? Oh, yeah, Pharma- just pharmacology. Pharmacology, yes. And they were trying to explain to me that their life is mathematics, but not that much mathematics. Like, most of it's scientific you stuff. You pour and the not a whole pills lot of out math. on the counter, and you make sure you get it in the right 
asshole. This is exactly what I thought too. Yes. And then they started. Don't let them lie to you. That, that is what they do. Right. Right. <laughs> and then they start talking about all these scientific things that they do, and I was like, "Whoa, hang on a minute now, Steve. You've you have really lost me." Yeah. There's some of them. It's like, oh yeah, you know, and then you you do this ridiculous summing of formulas, and it's like I didn't learn that in music school. Pharmacists are very important, but do not let them overcomplicate their jobs. They have three important, very important, but reasonably simple tasks. First one, to accurately be able to count pills. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, to accurately be able to read and understand uh, l- medical labels. Because obviously you need the right drug going to the right person. <laughs> and thirdly, you need to... Be able to, to the best of your ability, explain the most common um, drugs and or treatments to someone who might ask you. Such as if you were given someone birth control who's never been on birth control. You have to explain, especially if they ask, like, how do I take this? You need to take it at this certain time for this. These are possible effects that it might cause you. Don't worry about that. If this happens, worry about that. Yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. And really, I would pose that, you know, I I don't deal with pharmacy people a lot. But the few times that I have, especially in recent memory, um, all of that information they're really getting from the label that they printed out. Yeah. So I would pose that pharmacy people need to have more English language skills than they do mathematics skills. Being able to translate what the label says to something someone can understand. Yes. Yes, although if you ask this person uh, in the Discord, of which that I randomly happened upon, there's much more going on than that. So, well, they have to say that because far- to be a pharmacist, a licensed one, it takes a lot of years of school. An yeah. unnecessarily... Right, which blows my mind. And of- I think that's I think they have a bit of a Napoleon complex, except with their job. Because they did this whole medical degree effectively, and then they ended up being the pill pusher. Yeah. You know, which, don't get me wrong, is, a, first of all, an important job and a really good job. If it's a legal one. Yes. If you're a legal pill pusher. If you're an illegal pill pusher, you've got an even better job. Because you don't really need any of those three skills. Yeah, no taxes. You, do, <laughs> you, you don't even really need to know how to pronounce it. You just need to have a shorthand for it, you know, like sugar. And then you just start giving it out to people for a you know, moderate fee. In a back alleyway. It's much, much more simple. I could never do that job. Here's how I Wh- learned... Which one? I, I couldn't be a licensed pharmacist. Okay. I could do the other one. I'm sure I could muster the strength. Here's how I know I couldn't. Because I was... <laughs> I was doing a little science sciencing myself this last week. And I, I learned that... I don't think I have the cognitive capabilities... Of someone to do these types of mathematics. Let me tell you what I was doing. So the barn cats died where the horses are. Where my better half and I keep our horses. And they are keeping all the mice and rats away. As barn cats do. Now for those that don't know. This is not a very sad death. Because barn cats have a way. You know you could take a perfectly healthy cat. That will live 15-16 years. And it will die within the next year immediately. If it becomes a barn cat. Why? I don't know. They just become expendable all of a sudden. Like one day they're totally fine, the next day they're wheezy and dead. I just don't understand how it happens. So most barn cats, the problem is you can't put them into that environment. They have to be from barn cats. The one that, the ones that, the most recent ones, both of them, brothers that died in the past couple of weeks, were that. 
I have the one exact them, opposite anecdotal experience. One of them came with no, with only it was missing an eye, just never grew, and loved people. He used to play with the animals that came around. Dead. Got stepped on by a horse, which wasn't its undoing. It just became wheezy and died. Its brother just stopped eating and died. So, it's strange. That just sounds like a bad family line. Well, it could be. But We've only ever had barn cats, and even the one I have right now, they've all lived at least 20 years, See, healthily. I think that when they... The one upstairs is 18 and has no signs of aging. When they come into our, you know, upscaled lives, you know, where they're taken care of, I don't know, for some reason, when they live in the barn... They just don't make it as long. I don't know why. See, even her mom that still lives out in a... Well, not now, but lived out in a barn. She lived to 27. Okay, this must be just a <laughs> tough experience. I have no idea. Yeah, These cats... It, like I said, it could do a lot to do with genetics as well because cats, believe it or not, are not as um, cognizant of, mm. of DNA depletion and de- degradation. Ah. So they will sleep with whatever cats they find. And if you unfortunately had one of those um, type of families, yes, I would assume that leaves a lot of problems for the a offspring. low IQ family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A low cat IQ family. Yeah. For a cat, that's saying something too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the cats are dead and the mice are making a mess of everything. They've mm-hmm. dug out underneath all the stalls, and they're getting around, and they've got holes in the walls that go underneath like the concrete, and it's just a nightmare. So I thought, all right, got to take care of these things, and they are very flagrant with their existence. You oh, know, yeah. sometimes you go in, and they'll all run away. These don't. They walk right in front of us. Hey, why are you in my way? Right? I'm here to take all this grain. So then, all right, it's time for me to do something about this. So the other day, my fiance couldn't feed the horses, so I went down there, and I was feeding the horses, and I thought, well, now's a great time. I got all the horses in their stalls, I got their grain out and everything, and I grabbed a shovel, a square head shovel, and I thought, today's the day, boys. (laughs) So (laughs) I finished feeding the horses, I get them all out, and then there I stand like an absolute lunatic with this shovel. And of course, when you attack the first one, the rest of them learn, whoa, this giant moving object isn't friendly so then they scurry away and i'm filling in all their holes and i'm sort of cornering them and going at them and eventually (laughs) it ends up they're hiding in this pile of extra grain bags and it is trash really is what it is and (laughs) this is where their home is and i'm standing there (laughs) with this shovel (laughs) like a lunatic and standing still, not moving a muscle, watching them peek their heads out from underneath these old grain bags, looking at me like, that's the bringer of death. <laughs> that is, the, is it, it's not moving. So I'm watching their little mice brains try to, and there's a giant rat. And when I say giant, I mean like football size. One of those is like, he can't fit in between the stalls anymore. He's so big. I'm like, all right, that's the guy I want. So I'm standing there with my shovel. I've turned the lights off. It is now dark inside this inside this barn and I'm standing there like like a lunatic hunting these things down. Of course they don't come out because they realize that yeah. I'm the murderer. So then I stood then I said, Alright, I can outthink a rat. So I step out by the door like I'm leaving. You know, I give the signs that I'm leaving, but I sneak back in quietly in the darkness. And I'm standing there. Dude, these rats 
the the one rat did he made a he made a break for it and he actually found freedom because he just went outside he was gone um and a couple of them tried to make a move and I didn't kill any one of them. I spent 45 minutes on this little adventure, this hunting adventure, because I thought I could kill anything. I've killed bigger animals than this for fun. I mean, squirrels, deer, this this is nothing I can't hunt. Uh, I couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done that day, I'll be honest. And uh, so I've, I've been striking up a plan to murder these, murder these rats and mice and stop them. Really what they're doing is they get into the grain, they eat it, and then they just wallow in it and they, you know, feces are everywhere and it could kill a horse. So they're a problem, a nuisance I must take care of. And that's what I really realized when I was reflecting, talking to this fella on the internet, that I don't think I have what it takes to be a pharmacist. You know, I'm not sure that I just have the brain wave to make that happen. That's that makes s- total sense. Yeah. What was your end plan that you came up with? Oh, the very easy. I the, the killing of rats is very straightforward. We can't put poison out because there's a good chance you'll know, the eat the poison yeah. or if they take it somewhere, the horses might lick it, and I don't want that. Traps will work for a couple of days, but, you know, once they figure out what the trap is, they're not going to go near it. Um, one thing that I like to do is take a five-gallon bucket, fill it with, you know, maybe an inch, inch and a quarter of bleach, put a little runway made of wood up to it. You put a can, put a hole through the can, you put a rod in it, you put some grain and peanut butter mixture on top. They go up, they try to get the can, of course, because it's a rod through in the middle of it. They reach out, it moves, they fall into the bottom of it, they die, the bleach seeps into their skin, and best part, they don't smell. And because they're rats, they haven't figured it out. They don't know why little Timmy's gone. They don't see his dead body laying there. So they, too, must walk to the precipice. And while they're there, they might as well have a little bit of the grain and peanut butter because he couldn't bring any of it back. And then you start stacking them up. I've done this to great effect several times. And then you, every couple days, you empty out the bucket with a fishing net of some kind. And then you just continue the process. Uh, you move it around because then they think, oh, my God, it's a new bucket. I should try this one. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's a good idea. Yeah, it works great. I usually go the lazy route and get a new cat yeah yeah my fiance also thought that but then <laughs> i gotta deal with feeding a new cat and it's going to its expiration date is punched you feeding know? a new cat what yeah you feed a barn cat well see here's the thing because little kids <laughs> oh. come out to ride these horses and they go oh my gosh it's a kitty oh, so they want and of course every them. and they don't understand this is this is not a, a love cat this is a work <laughs> cat yeah. i don't love this cat Oh, I have no feelings toward this cat. My fiance, of course, will hold it and pet it and like that's that's my little buddy, right? No, it's not. It's here to work. If it ain't working, it's leaving. By that I mean it's probably got 150 days before it goes by natural causes. That's just what happens when barn cats come to this facility. Apparently, one of them got hit by a car because we they, we live right on a, a highway, a major highway, so it was just out and about, spelunking and gone. It's like, oh. yeah, five so, months of cat's not bad though. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it is if you're the cat. If I'm being honest, they typically live a, a year or two. That's been our That recent. is still really low. Yeah, very low. Very low. But that's what I was doing. And I realized that it makes me sound like an absolute lunatic. I do understand that. I mean, not really. I have never personally had to do that, but had to do this. But my dad, who lived northern Wisconsin years ago, so there was nothing had a big problem with their house because they lived in a cedar house. And believe it or not, if you live in the middle of nowhere and your house is made of things that the animals live in and eat, <laughs> you have problems. So I picked up a few wonderful tricks. If they burrow under the house or garage in this case, and they happen to be a family of woodchucks, which are very destructive. Yes. 
You fill in the hole to seal it, and then bring out the old car and tape a hose, plop it in. Whoa. And my grandpa got really good at gassing all the animals that lived in. And then it's already filled in, so you don't have to worry about it. That's a brilliant move. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Obviously, that does not work with rats specifically, though, because they don't actually burrow in one specific place. Yeah. yeah. But squirrels... Same thing, although he enjoyed shooting squirrels, so you get the pellet gun out. And my dad was the oldest son, so it was his duty to, as they're running up the tree, because if you follow them around the tree, they'll always go to the other side. So his job was to sit on the backside of the tree, and whenever a squirrel came, he would usher them, you know, the, yep. to the other side so he could shoot them. Yes. <laughs> I actually, I had decided that a gun would be a really great maneuver. Because yeah. why, well, you know, it's just... I can shoot things. I'm very good at shooting. I th- this is this is a thing I can do. And then I was thinking, okay, I can't really have a long rifle in this barn, <laughs> right? And I I also don't need a, a high caliber pistol in this barn. They are not good for almost anything, but I would recommend a 22 with snake shot. I have one. I have one, and actually, I funny enough, you mentioned cedar. And my fiance's parents live in a house where one side of the house has a cedar front. Yep. And they have a woodpecker problem because yep. the wood pecks the wood. The woodpecker pecks the wood. And they have just this, I have no idea why she bought this this pellet gun. That's just way too much for what she's trying to do. So every once in a while, she'll just lean out the side window <laughs> at 5 o'clock in the morning while this woodpecker's going to town and just blast it. Um, or the family woodpeckers, I should say. So she was going to offer that up to the cause. And then I was just thinking about, okay, I've already been the lunatic with a square face shovel. I don't know if I need to bring a pellet gun, a nine mil or any firearm whatsoever into this barn to shoot at mice and rats. I'm just not sure. But wouldn't it be fun? Hilarious fun. It would be a joy up until it broke apart on a beam and I got bullet shards going everywhere. I got a fantastic deal because snake shot or bird shot for 22 so uncommon it's not it, no one wants it so i have actually i think it's like 5000 rounds right here if if you want to just go and we can have some fun shooting snake shot at well, rats i was thinking you know cuz if it's worth doing it's really worth overdoing cuz how often do i get to do this ah. i thought i've got a 54 caliber muzzle loader that you know and a muzzle loader you can put almost anything down that is true what if I just loaded up with a whole bunch of sand? Because <laughs> I'm not shooting very far, you know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going more than thirty feet maximum, and I guarantee that sand coming out of there will be at the very least enough to. It would. Stop it would hurt the them, stun them, probably tick them off. I'm, rats are super resilient, though. I'm not sure I'd kill them. I think it would take their eyes out, though. Yeah. And probably every other part of their body. Because if you took... Okay, listen, anecdotally here. If you took a handful of sand and threw it at someone's face, they go, oh, God, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and for at least five, ten minutes, they would be at least distraught. Right? Yeah. Now, what if it was moving at 1,500 feet per second? That's all I'm saying. I'm just suggesting that if a sandblaster can take paint off a car... That my muzzle loader could take skin off a mouse. That's what I'm thinking. Good luck with that. I don't actually trust muzzle loaders, so I'm not on board with that I one. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah? 
or I could get some of the very, very, very tiny uh, metal ball bearings and just go and just cover the whole place. Just anything in that general region. Uh, another problem with sand is you want there. Sand doesn't leave much evidence. And if you're going to do this, you want people to walk in and be like, what happened? You don't get that effect with sand. If there's, you know, a couple hundred thousand little BBs, everybody's going to be like, whoa, <laughs> BBs. That's better than ball bearings. You, they're, they're smaller. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yes. Just think you get a big bore muzzle loader. You just dump as many BBs <laughs> down it as you can. Yeah. Folks, and go, go you just cover the wall. I, and I don't even think you'd have to spend the money on brass. You could probably get plastic at that point if you're close enough. Yeah, you might melt some of them, though. That would be my fear. Uh, mm, that's true. It's pretty hot certain. coming out of there. The problem with brass is you're still looking at kind of expensive if you're loading. This is brass. a true fact. However, I pose to you, it would be worth my time and fun. Right, there's like a money fun ratio that we that all do. That is true. That is true. You know, if you like to go golfing, you're just willing to pay twenty dollars for four hours of fun. If you go skiing, you're willing to pay the forty five dollars for that ski ticket for a whole day's worth of fun. I'm willing to spend a hundred dollars on BBs and supplies for an afternoon of absolutely destroying a whole colony of mice and rats. I agree. That would be fun. And where does that lead, though? Where Where was your threshold of what you would pay for fun? What is the level of fun it would take and the money? Like, where is this? I think it depends on, on my imagination. Yeah. You know, in this particular case, infinite amount of money. I mean, okay. I'll... I'm Okay, let me show... I shouldn't say that because that's not realistic. If it cost me under $200, this is worth my time. Because it's solving an actual problem and I'm going to get a hilarious story out of it. It doesn't matter if it goes horribly wrong. Dude, I could go go goof and blow a whole stall out. <laughs> I know at the very end of the day, I'm going to come back to this show and it will be a hilarious story that I take to my grave. That is but true. If it's not going to be that good of a story or if it's, you know, not really all that fun, then eh, I don't care. Like the movies. Yes. The movies not worth it nowadays? No. No. No, I don't really like watching that much content. No. Like, my fiance and I are very different. She needs content. She needs to be watching something. I have to binge watch this Netflix series for the next five hours. And for her, a lot of it is, like, if you're doing menial tasks around the house, oh. she just doesn't like the peace and quiet. So she has podcasts on always or, you know, watching YouTube videos endlessly that just autoplay till till death. Yep. Right? I don't work that way. But mostly because of the field in which I work. I spend my whole day talking and interacting and being on and dealing with kids i love peace and quiet yeah. in fact i cherish it a, a, really a lot sometimes so, you need it yes so i have a very different view than she does on it gotcha which is you know movies back to your original point i don't really care you know yeah. if it's really really good or like some big movie i might watch it but really nah yeah what would you watch it for like price wise though because there's a big difference. I like drive-in movies where in our summer it's it's like four or five bucks here for car yeah. to go see a movie. At that point, it's like if someone wants to go, that's not really a waste. But if you're going to 
you know, the IMAX theaters, the standard theaters, you're looking at 25, 27 bucks a ticket nowadays. Yeah. I, you know, if it's a franchise, I'd be like, okay, for example, James Bond, huge James Bond fan. Every couple of years, I rewatch them all from start to finish. When the latest movie, the last Daniel Craig movie came out, I was like, all right, I got to see it. I got to yep. see it the day it comes out. And I got to see it in the theater. I just have to. It's worth my time to do that. And it was worth my time. I loved yeah, it. Good. Lo- okay. uh, loved it. Now, the new, uh, not Lego movie. What is the new? Is it a Lego movie? Is it a, what? what's the big one? I want to say Super Mario Bros. Yes, there it I'm is. Remembering. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not going to waste my 17, you 20, $45. I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not. You know, like Avatar 2 is the same way. I didn't give a rip about the first one, and I care less about the second one. The only thing the first one had going for it, and I feel like this is generally accepted, and if it's not accepted by you, that means you're wrong. Mm, it was point. very pretty. Yes. It was beautifully shot and audio. It sounded great. There wasn't anything there, which is why it was so baffling when Cameron decided, you know what? This was a great piece of pretty pictures and nice sounds let's waste 10 years of my life coming out with three other movies that vaguely tie to this that no one wants yeah i mean the plot is more paper thin than my idea of using a muzzle loader to hunt down mice it's a watered down pocahontas yeah very much so yeah john smith the white man comes to it learns to love the um natives and wants to run away and marry them and then you have to stop the big bad guys from you know killing your tribe right it's been so long since i've seen the disney pocahontas and it's so in you're, va- you're vaguely right yeah something you know, like I mean, that you're, you're in the region i vaguely remember the big fat guy wants gold it was like the big fat guy with a little dog coming could be sure why not I'll, <laughs> I'll... that's one of those movies i think i've seen like once yeah I, i'll I'll believe Proof that not all classic Disney was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't get away from The Little Mermaid. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. What's your favorite of the classic Disney's? Uh, Hercules. Hercules? Animated Hercules is pretty up there. I just watched it the other night, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. My fiance was home. She wasn't feeling very well. She caught... There's all sorts of stuff going around schools yeah. right now, particularly strep, which I'm glad we didn't have go through our household. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah I was really because I mean, I had my colleagues out. Both two of my f- colleagues were out with strep. I was like, oh, please, dear God, not me. Thankfully, it missed our household, but she was home. And so I made her dinner. I was like, all right, we're going to watch a movie. What do you want to watch? Well, that's something that doesn't take a lot of cognitive horsepower. Yep. Okay. Let's throw on something Disney. What's it going to be? Hercules is one I could stand, so we watched that, that one. That's good. a classic. I think my favorite one, and this is probably, I would say underrated, is The Apple Dumpling Gang. I've never seen that. You've never seen it? Never. Oh, it's so good. It's not animated, which is why I prefaced. But for those of you who haven't seen it, it's one of those traditional Disneys that deal with pretty deep subject matter, mm. but then throw in like Disney slapstick type humor which works really well for me and that'd probably be my favorite. Hercules is fantastic though. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny when I watched it back though. It's only an hour and a half long. Oh yeah, all the original animated ones are super it's short. Very very short. And I couldn't believe how quickly the whole thing progressed. Yeah. You know, he went from nothing 
to someone to fighting people to the betrayal to the ending. It's like in 15 minutes, we went from the betrayal to the ending. Yeah. It was like a Hallmark movie. To be fair, the first 22 years or however, 25 years of his life was in the first eight minutes of the first song. (laughs) Yeah. Good song, though. That is a fantastic song. song. I mean, you know, it's a banger of a tune. It's one of those things where Disney movies, the classic ones, always take tales from others where it's a retelling of a traditional tale of some sort. The problem with that is traditional tales of some sorts are either epics, so way, way, way too long for a Disney movie. So they have to either condense everything way down and then it's just kind of the main highlights or it's very concise epics that you have to stretch out so you don't want to make it too long because there's not much that happens. I thought the same way about uh, Rapunzel. What's the Rapunzel? Tangled. Oh, yeah. I, which I liked the movie. Yeah. It, it's a good movie. There's a lot of filler because the story of Rapunzel is kind of one note. It's girl trapped in tower, grows really long hair. Prince must climb hair. That's yeah. It's not it, much I mean, If it fits into a kid's book, it's hard to make yeah, it into exactly, a two-hour feature, exactly. feature-length film. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. We were talking about that, and I had a, a, a spinoff thought on top of it. I can't remember it right now. But I do remember that we have this ad read. Believe it or not, that was not just meant to be a, a segue. I did have another thought related to that. <clears throat> when we were talking about uh, feature-length films in Disney, it's interesting that sometimes you'll see where they take a large story and condense it. And by the way, just side tangent to that idea, I think... Other cultures have blown ours out of the water in terms of fantasy stories. Like if you look at um, the stories of Zeus and the gods and goddesses and that sort of stuff, those are some really, really well-crafted stories. Oh, for sure. Like even think about like Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. Some of these old tales that they used to tell are way cooler than anything we have ever come up with. What do you constitute as we, though? Because technically speaking, here in the Western world, we do derive from Greek and their stories. So at what point do you branch it off? I'm just saying that never once has there been a movie where a little American boy is sitting there and the father goes, let me tell you a tale of the gods and goddesses that once roamed this land. It never happens because here's what it would be. Some random dude with wooden teeth came over here and said, yep, this is mine. And then everyone else was like, no, it's not. And then he murdered them. He murdered them and didn't stop murdering them until it was finally his. Not there's, not in a, there's not an Encanto story in there. That would make a pretty epic slasher film, though. <laughs> <laughs> Those out there, if you take this idea, I'll give this one to you free Hollywood. Think about it. George, the slasher. Dude, it, <laughs> could you picture? It's, it, and it, it's like all the stereotypical. He has his back turned and you can see him turn and you can see the wooden teeth. You see the hatchet and then a bolt of lightning. And in the foreground, there's like a cherry tree that's on fire or something. Well, it's <laughs> it's so silly because, you know, instead of Captain Hook, you know, it's it's a yeah. bit more serious. But um, it's ridiculous because, you know, these Greek mythology, you know, and they came and they locked the demons deep inside. And that's where we got volcanoes from yeah. or whatever. And for us, it would be, you know, and that that 
white guy with a gun murdered all these other people, and that's why we've got Walmart. Well, like, to it's, be it's fair, just... every epic that we have from all different cultures is probably th- one of three different things. Either they're explanatory exposition for things they don't fully understand, so they make grandiose stories about it. It is uh, morals and or things that need to be passed down for the success of a population, which are like children fables and stuff like that, where this is something you should probably know if you're going to, you know, not leave the gene pool sooner than you should. And the third is religious iconography, which are in America, especially that Western world we don't have. I'm technically, I guess we have a couple, but we don't have any re- we don't have any real ones because the foundations of religion that derive from the main different cultures have already been and same with scientific discovery. We don't, we can't really make any new tales of things we don't understand in the extent they could. Dude, I'm just saying we have the grand Canyon, Niagara falls, the geyser old faithful. We got to have some cool story to explain these things. Yeah, they All slap can... you with the biology textbook. Uh, they flip it I, open and say, I'm... here's our wonderful story. Water has run down this river for a certain but... amount of time and has carved out That's the Grand so King. That's so boring, though. Oh, yeah. It's they 100% open up and they say, dull. And it's, it's one paragraph. They sum the whole thing in one paragraph. And a little trickling stream. You can almost realize, Devin Attenborough. A trickling stream ran here for 45 billion years, and then all of a sudden we got this deep crevasse where the water's still running, but for some reason it's like, it's less now for some sort of reason. Yeah. That's a whole load of hooey, okay? I, I want some some battle that took place, the demons that got locked away. I want to have some dude in shining armor. I want to have someone throwing a lightning bolt, a story about a, a love gone wrong. I want something, folks. So I do have two truly American um, stories that have been written and propagated with these before a real point. First, Mormonism. Okay. That's that strong, strong start. And that is a story of a guy who found, you know, magic golden plates that he could read once and then not tell anybody about it and had to get a hat and draw straws or something. I don't know exactly. No, broad I'm butchering it a little. No, but I'm I know. I actually, sure. Lack of knowledge has never stopped us from hardcore stance. Exactly, keep going, exactly. Keep going. This is good. It's not really a stance, but that is one of one of American creation story. And the second is the Church of Satan. So we have the. But I'm just saying, why yes. can't we have a love story where the geyser old faithful yeah. is actually, you know, uh, the god of the earth reaching up to the goddess of the stars, and it's his love for her. Why well, can't listen? I just came up with that, folks. I feel like there's got to be someone smarter than me. Lewis and Clark didn't write shit this good. Yeah. I'm just saying. I I have both an explanation for why we don't, as well as good for Billy, a possibility of moving forward of coming up with these stories. Good. The explanation is in our society, which has been right now is based on secularism in and of itself. And because of secularism, you can't think larger than what you see, which is the biggest roadblock. So when people see old faithful, they, it's not that 
we can't make stories of those is people are unwilling to come up with reasons to make the stories mm. because they like to devolve it, devolve it down. Like, yeah, this is probably how this geyser was formed and made scientifically. They don't want to tie in any deeper meaning to stuff, which is where I feel we can still come up with great epics or great reasons for things. Cause there's many, many things that science not only can't, prove or have any evidence towards but we'll never be able to based on the nature philosophical things of nature or things that are outside the realm of naturally observed science things that even say science now that believe in the big bang that's like their scientific theory we can still make stories and grandiose either morality or structures out of that or how that came to be if they so choose because any scientist worth their salt will be honest with you and say yeah we have no idea what came before the big bang we don't know how it got there and there's no real way to know so there's things like that either cosmic level things or minute like morality like you we can make great epics about old faithful and relate it to maybe faithfulness or a concept that is not secular yeah i just i feel like we've been really dropping the ball as a society that's that's my long and short of it <clears throat> and i want to talk about strokes for a minute <laughs> Ease I, <her> in there <laughs> yeah, just got a slider right on in yeah, I want to talk about strokes because it appears in, in my anecdotal experience that everybody's having them. It's like the new vaping fashion. Everyone's just got a little a little catch of the strokes that they're that they're fighting through. We have a well a mutual acquaintance whose father had a stroke the other day. And the story goes as this that the guy had a terrible blinding headache while he was out shopping for cars, sort of got double vision, got really dizzy, but hey, powered through, right? Made it through to the next day. Woke up the next day still not feeling good. Still a terrible headache. Finally decided to go to the doctor. It was determined at that time that, well, a stroke had occurred. It was occurring probably even still. Yep. And that now this guy's in such rough shape. He has a feeding tube in his stomach. He's not breathing on his own. They hope he pulls through type of deal. First of all, where do strokes come from and how can I not catch them? <laughs> like this feels like to me like AIDS in the 70s. Everyone's catching it. And I just want to make sure... <laughs> That I stay clean of this of the little stroke game that we're all playing. So, firstly, the really easy one to answer: um, strokes. Primarily, there are extreme cases, but these are not s- statistically relevant. The two ways strokes come: there's two different types. One is from a blocked artery. One is for a ruptured um, artery vein, something of that nature. So, either blood's not going through and specifically for most strokes what we care about is blood getting to the brain Mm -hmm. so if you have a blockage that is blocking blood flow to the brain then that would cause a stroke that is the basically the causal factor or if you know something pops and ruptures and obviously you don't have blood going to the brain then either because all the blood is going somewhere else that it's not supposed to and that's the other side of stroke i believe even today overwhelmingly the f- the former is the primary cause of strokes it is a blocked artery and if you 
this statistic might be slightly off. Uh, my resource I would recommend if you guys want out there want to know is Mayo Clinic. They do wonderful work. Uh, it's like 80% of all strokes are a blocked artery. Okay. So how do I keep my arteries clean? Do I got to rotor root those things? Or what? Do, <laughs> what's a guy got to do? Because I am not about to have yep. this stroke. So there's a couple ways we know, obviously, is healthy to help prevent it. But like anything with biochemistry, things go wrong. And there's nothing you can do to completely stop it unless you stop your heart, which... I mean, you'll, you might have other issues also at that point. Also has a side effect, as it yes. turns out. Yes. Um, so some of the main contributors that we know of is obesity, because um, the heavier someone is over their natural body weight, the more difficult it is for their circular system to pump blood uh, different ways. And if it you're, anything that's strained on your heart like that, or say, like smoking, another thing, thing that we know is bad for the heart increases the risk of arteries because anytime your heart is working harder or is not as effective things tend to build up in arteries you're not getting the same flow and bad things can happen another big thing that um attributes is cholesterol this is why doctors especially as you're getting into middle age will try to track your cholesterol because cholesterol itself is um, essentially a enzyme that allows clotting in your blood. So if you have too much of it, then uh, clots are easier to form in the blood, thus arteries, uh, clots can form in arteries much easier. So you want to decrease that. There is a balancing act with that, though. So when people, I would not recommend or obviously talk to your medical provisional. But my personal opinion, not medical because I don't want to get in legal trouble. You can't cut out all uh, cholesterol from either your diet or your body because, as I said, cholesterol acts to help clot blood. Especially as you're older, you need better clotting agents because your blood is thinner. And if your blood is thinner, if you, say, have an injury, if you start bleeding, both internal, external, things like that, you need something, a little boost in your blood in order to clot. Otherwise, you will bleed indefinitely and die, which is another bad case. So there's no getting out of this. There is no getting out of this. Um, the best way to avoid it is obviously live a healthy lifestyle. Stay in shape. Cardio. Um, vascular health is the biggest uh, benefit in avoiding uh, any sort of heart-related illness, stroke included. Another thing, cigarette smoking or any carcinogen that you are inhaling, vapes included, will increase your risk for similar reasons, bad for your heart. And finally, you probably should limit the cholesterol or meet with your doctor and find a healthy level of cholesterol. You don't want to increase that too much because it can clot your blood easier. So what I'm hearing is eat a lot of Cheerios, stay thin, work out a lot. All of those are great except Cheerios. It's lowest this, cholesterol. This is the B tells me so. so. The little B tells me he said it lowered my cholesterol. Yeah, I have not actually seen any science for any of the cereal co companies that allow 
lowering of cholesterol. I am assuming where they're getting that is they have fiber, which can help to lower cholesterol, but there is no direct tie. Dude, I'm eating boxes and of the Cheerios. And the problem is cereal in and of itself is actually really bad for you. So even if you're doing it just for that one thing, in the long run, it's bad. Nah, Chief. Every day is... <laughs> Every day is a bowl of Cheerios because that so, little bee told me it's going to yeah, lower your, my cholesterol. Your chance of dis- stroke might decrease. A lot of other problems will probably arise because Cheerios are awful for you. I'm not, as long as I ain't stroking out. Okay, is stress related to it as well? Uh, stress can increase your blood pressure, which affects it. However, I thought I wanted lots of blood pressure, though. <laughs> Get that uh, stuff moving through there. R- remember the two types of strokes, however. A rupture can also cause... This ain't a highway. I'm not going to go so fast I blow a vein. <laughs> My blood pressure isn't going to get to 100 PSI. <laughs> I'm not going to start blowing up freaking pump bike tires with my... I'm not going to start <laughs> curling and just pumping up bike tires. Not under normal circumstances, no. But there are other medical problems with high blood pressure, which is why doc. that's another thing doctors try to say. Oh, your blood pressure is too high. Your blood pressure is too high. But obviously, you don't want too low of a red blood pressure either. Oh, my goodness gracious, dude. That's, that's why a, I say it's a balance. You know, I see, honestly thought this whole time you were just going to tell me some good news because I've been freaking out about it. Everybody I know in my life recently has been deciding to stroke out or they have heart issues. I have a friend that just had open heart surgery because of, I don't know, some some artery issues. Got another friend that's going in for a valve replacement, which apparently is one of those where they just take your heart out, keep you know keep the blood circulating some other way while they work on your heart, and then put that thing back in there. Which, by the way, I didn't realize was a thing we actually did, and now that I know about it, I'm terrified. Yeah. Absolutely terrified. If that if it ever comes to that, folks, I'm checking out. Goodbye. And I hope it never comes to that. I hope that it it no. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine a world where they're like, hey, by the way, we got to replace this valve. And what we would like to do, get this, is we're going to take your beating heart, take it out of your chest. We're going to put it on a table. Don't worry, though, because we've got Steve, the automatic heart, who's going to just keep you going real quick while we do a little repair job, like at the change of tires or something. Put that bad boy back in. You, my friend, four to six weeks done and dusted. No shot. Dude. And then they say, don't be stressed for a few weeks. How could you not be stressed? <laughs> I would have wake up from that surgery thinking I'm on borrowed time. I've got a broken heart with a new pair of tires that has not been balanced. They're not, they're not straightened. Nobody went through and realigned these tires. You're holding my heart in there with some freaking zip ties. What are you talking about? Don't be stressed. Every moment of my life, I am going to be a little bit stressed. <sighs> So that's actually things such as that. These Don't medical, try to make it better. No, 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 no. Terrible. Think about it this way. These medical advancements are not great. However, these are choices. And if you think about it in years prior, you just wouldn't have the option. It's you don't get this and you're going to die, which is still an option. It's not. Obviously, it's not anybody's ideal option, but you do have that option. Instead, now I'm going to let Greg, who was out last night a little too late and didn't get that good of a night's rest, going to crack me open, take a few ribs out and go, ah, there she is, and take it like it's Johnny Depp stealing some random chest heart in the middle of a jungle. Yeah. No. That's my heart. That's like the folks. 
that that it's like you we tell okay we teach kids not to have sex until they're married because you know it's a very sensitive part you only get to do it once it's very important yada 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 let's that your heart blows that out of the water i wouldn't give my fiance a foot if she asked if she said yo i need a foot real bad mine's mangled that sucks (laughs) sorry Blown out knee, I can't help you. If you want a kidney, ask the guy next to you. You're going to take my heart? No, you're not going to take my heart, John. Who the hell are you to take my heart? It's more of a borrow, Billy. I wouldn't even even let the tax collector touch anything of mine for a million dollars. Does that, is this uh, while you're living? Are you a donor? No, I'm not a donor. (laughs) Don't touch it if it's mine. I mean, Keep your hands off it. You know what the is worst it, is sin it still yours when you die? You know what the worst sin I've ever seen in my life was this. Pride? I just couldn't couldn't believe this. I watched a guy die in a hospital, and his wife was just distraught because he was dead. And I sat there and I watched them say, "He's not a donor, ma'am, but don't you think that he would have wanted his eyes and tissues and kidneys to go to someone that needs it." No, I don't think that. I put no while I was living. I had a conscious realization that I came in with it. Don't touch it when I leave. And now that I've died, no sooner than my death occurs is some really, really backstabbing lady standing there looking at my sorrowful wife saying, but ma'am, don't you think... He was a good guy, wasn't he? That is something. It is. Um, it isn't the most conscientious. However, devil, devil's advocate, there is a reason. It, it has to be almost immediately for most organs. So they they do have reasons, and they're trying to do what's right by them. Like they're trying to help other people who need stuff. She said yes. By the way, that's haunted me ever since. <laughs> To watch them carry that body away. She wasn't done with it. She, Her husband had died. And they're like, yeah, hey, we got to take this now. Took him away. Chopped him up. Closed coffin funeral. Because he didn't have any eyes left. So, <laughs> I'm actually really curious. Why does that bother you so much? Because they're my eyes. If I made a decision while I am living... That this is what I want to happen when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I expect that somebody's going to fight for that. Oh, I I understand why you feel it's backstabbing. I mean, in general, why do you feel someone else... Say you do give them permission. You, I'm assuming you still wouldn't appreciate that? I don't care. If I said take my okay, eyes and okay. get, take my eyes, that's the point. I said don't take my gotcha, eyes and gotcha. now this person, now that I'm not there to defend myself, it's just like on the playground. If I said I don't like little Sally and the person's going around the, the swing set saying that Billy likes little Sally because he's not here to defend himself. Therefore, so it would be a similar thing. That's if- a person that got pushed down the hill as a kid and never let it go. That's a kid that didn't have their shoes for gym one day and Timmy never borrowed his and have held on to that for their life. And I don't want their misguided prejudgment in their just disgusting lives to play judgment on my dead life. Would it be different if they came to him prior to death? Like he's on his deathbed and then say, 
awful scenario, but Billy, you're 98 years old. You're on your deathbed. Someone comes to you and they ask, hey, Billy, this four-year-old girl needs a kidney and once we won't do it while you're alive, but it will save her life, this four-year-old girl's life, if you give her your kidney after you die. Yes. You would say yes. Because you asked me. Okay. When in doubt, consult the back of my driver's license. (laughs) Look at it. My driver's license is right here in my hand. Look at this. Do you see a signed and dated donor? No. No. The the difference with driver's licenses and why medical professionals don't use it, usually when you're on your last leg, if you're on there, there's forms, there's paperwork to fill out to give them basically what you want to have happen with you. And if you never specified on your license that you wanted to be a donor, there's one of it's one of those. It's not necessarily denial by omission because if you just don't ever propose being a donor, your license will always not have donor. That doesn't necessarily then mean I am they're signing against it, it right now, saying not to. <laughs> don't touch it. It is mine. <laughs> it is mine. God gave it to me. I will go to God with it. I mean. Do you think your your body here is going to be the same one? No, God? absolutely not. Then, Dude, if I had it my way, I'd be a foot and a half taller and ripped. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Well, you think I'll live in the back? I'm 5'6". <laughs> the tallest I get is 5'8". It depends on what bar you see me leaving, okay? Like, <laughs> if I had it my way, I'd be at least 6 foot and 100 pounds of pure muscle. Dude, I would be ripped out of my mind. Yeah. I'm none of those things. I'm not saying I'm going up to God looking like this. But then are you personally against being a donor as of right now? Here's why I also think that. And this is that. And Th- not, not this is why I keep coming back to it. Because I really want to know, like, not what to, the justification. Yeah, yeah. Not to be facetious anymore. I'll set aside the joke <laughs> for this for this actual truth. As it's we a be, good running as joke. We, as we begin to wrap up. The actual truth is, is that I would like to be buried. And I, I would like to have... As much as it freaks me out, I would like to have people have the choice of an open casket for me. Okay. Um, only because I have seen the power that the last goodbye and the peace it gives people. And I have found that to be really moving. Because I've seen it with urns, and I think urns are a great way to keep people close. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you um you know, cremate them. And I think closed casket, there is a finality, a finale to it. There's a, they're on the inside of it. But I think that, and this is my opinion right now in my life and Mm -hmm. it will change as I get older, I'm sure. But right now I have seen the peace that the final goodbye gives people. And I don't want that to be stolen from someone who needs it. And I'm not saying that like my life is important to someone, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that moment is like for them. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that they are empowered to feel at peace when I'm gone. And when I say that, oh, dude, it's hitting hard. <laughs> when I say that, I'm really thinking about my wife. Mm-hmm. Like if I go too soon and I don't get to say goodbye. I really, 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 really want to make sure she can because that's what matters. That's the only thing that matters to me in my whole life. I've published so many books and so much music and I've taught a lot of kids and I've loved every minute of it. But if I can't say, if she doesn't get the chance to say a last goodbye, 
that that pisses me off. That's that's my reason. And it might change when I get older. Of course. Dude, that change. shit just hit way too hard. <laughs> But, but that's my actual It's a reason. difficult thing yes. to put yourself through to look at. Yes, that, yeah, that, for sure. that's my real reason. Okay. Not to be funny. No, I, I completely understand that in the finality. I That is something to consider. I don't think I've ever heard someone propose that before. And I've always been a donor because if I'm dead, I've always thought, you know, this yeah. stereotypical, it doesn't matter. Right, right. I wonder if we could do an addendum to uh, different donors for this purpose specifically where you leave like head to neck as well as hands or anything visible alone however you can still you can opt in for the donors for things that even an open cast you never know like kidneys or liver things that's like what that. that is that's a gripe of mine because it says on your driver's license i agree to all or organs nothing. tissue eyes yeah i take my organs I don't care. Yep. If you want to take some tissue from like my legs or something, if you need some skin for a burn victim, go for it. Yeah. But I don't want you touching the last thing someone's going to see of me. I feel like this is relatable enough that we should almost see if we can put something together and see if we can make that change. Even if it's just a local ordinance or something. Could that you seems picture. like a great... <laughs> you and I rock up to Capitol <laughs> 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 the hearing for the we want to keep our eyes bill yeah <laughs> dude I, I i would love to commit to that and i would be incredibly sincere and only after the final judgment of if we can get this passed once that battles one we'll be optimistic once that's one and i'm on capitol hill then i will irrever hmm I will never be allowed back in Washington, D.C. ever again. Uh, yes. They will revoke your ability irrevocably. Irrever- uh, some, going something like with that. A big yeah, but I, I didn't know exactly if it would come or. It was a Casey at the wanted. bat situation. Yeah. So had to make a game kind of call. Um, but yeah, once, once we get that passed, even if it's day of, and then I find like ourselves in Capitol Hill, I would make sure I'd be on a hot mic and I would make sure. I wouldn't be allowed back in Washington, D.C. Dude, I couldn't imagine the type would, of shenanigans you and I would get up to <laughs> if they ever allowed us near that I, building. I would give so much. Oh, You know what? If I have a good retirement fund, instead of a vacation, I want to spend all my money to get myself in a hot mic on Capitol <laughs> Hill. <laughs> Dude, I'll be honest. I I would make up. I would wear the gentleman's chat hat, and I would start walking around to everyone and like, "Hi, yes, I'm that host from a gentleman's chat. You should listen to our podcast. You should listen to our, yes. That's little, not a bad idea. Little QR codes, hand them out to people. Yeah, that'd be good. Or because you know, I don't know how many people have gone to their Capitol buildings, but if you go, generally they're magnificent buildings, and there mm-hmm. are actually high level people that do work there. That's that's yeah. their office, and most of the time it's open to the public. Oh, like yeah. the one in Wisconsin, you can just go perusing through it. Now, once you get to the corridors, the doors all become locked. well locked. And also there's a secretary. Yep. Right. But for the place where there's locked doors, if you just make up a little QR code, start sliding them underneath doors, you know, eventually someone's going to see that and go, wow, gosh, I wonder what that is about. And they're going to or they're going to catch you on a camera. I wonder if that's legal. I'm going to assume not. Yeah. Just like I was thinking where you were going with that the first time, if we're up on Capitol Hill, fake endorsements, 
you can because typically, especially if you're in a very polarizing place like Washington D.C., <laughs> you can tell which type, which side or who most people would go for. You go out with those flyers, and every other just, oh, hey, have you heard this? It's, it's funded and completely backed by insert, insert this person. person. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> and then we'll, you know, our viewership will spike. All of America will watch us, and everybody in America will think <laughs> that it's their side. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll they'll all be mad at us. <laughs> no, 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 because. Who's gonna? No one's gonna come and try to claim that on the other side because if it's on, you know, their political aisle, they're not going to converse or try to talk about it with the other political aisle. It would only come out like a year or so later when we can come out with it and say this was all a social experiment. We brought Whoa. everyone together. I. Okay, now listen. Because if we wait like a year or so, everybody will hear us, and then it's just a normal conversation. And only after that, then we'll say, oh, by the way, everyone on both sides is listening right now. Everybody's the same. If we treat them as a thought experiment, we can't get in trouble. Exactly. If some institution backs this idea, we can't go to jail for it because it's scientifically, you know, it's important to the science community. Yeah, I'm still we directly need, tied with one. I could, I could need publish to do this. something on there just... Because I'm still tied. I have that authority. We need to do so. Yes. Okay. Folks, you heard it here first. A gentleman's chat is going to take over a Capitol building near you and hopefully not get arrested in the process. Oh, we'll probably get arrested. Hopefully we get released. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. And with that, a gentleman's chat, episode 85 with your hosts, Ian and Billy. <laughs>